Hey, Billy, why don't we tell them what we're about, man? So we're here to welcome you to the Madhouse Chronicles. It's a talk show with myself, Billy Morrison. And me, as the This man, Prince of Darkness, and we watch and react to the maddest internet clips. What do we discuss, Ozzy? Drugs, rock and roll, aliens, all that kind of shit. Drugs, rock and roll, aliens, and all that kinds of shit. Come and join Ozzy and myself. Visit OsborneMediaHouse.com to get special access to... Come to, on! What do you say? Do you think it's the wildest show on the internet? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> if you worried about MPGs and you own a Jeep, you're screwed up anyhow. Oh, Jeep, I, I, I believe that was in the first sentence. Yeah. Yes. That's, uh, <laughs> that's... Take everything I'm about to say with a grain of salt, because if you do this, go buy a Honda. The Jeep Talk Show is the official Jeep podcast or Mr. Vanderquack. Don't make me come Quack. over there. <laughs> Keep Quack. listening for week weekly updates about Mr. Vander Quack Quack and his mission and his mission to help the children of St. Jude. Go to Mr. Vander Quack Quack dot com. That's M R Vander Quack Quack com. I don't know why I think that's so funny, but it's just so much fun. Got him. <laughs> Looking to upgrade your Jeep? Who is it, right? right? How would you like to get free gear to make those upgrades happen even faster? The Jeep Talk Show, the world's most downloaded Jeep podcast, is giving you, the listener, a chance to win big ticket items from brands you know, love, and trust. Want in on the action? We'll be giving away major Jeep gear from big name brands every month. This isn't going to be stickers, hats, and t-shirts. We're talking about serious gear that can change your Jeep build in a big way. So listen to the show every week and make sure you're subscribed so you don't miss your opportunity to win the Jeep Talk Show's biggest giveaways ever. Jeep Talk Show is the official podcast of Toledo Jeep Fest. The Toledo Jeep Fest is coming up the weekend of August 12th, which pisses me off because I'm going to a damn <laughs> wedding. It's the... It's an incredible Jeep event. You don't want to miss it. Go to ToledoJeepFest.com for more information. You're listening to a 4x4 Radio Network podcast. Nexon Tire USA, we got you. Find out more information about the tires that are on the 2021 Jeep Talk Show Gladiator and other Jeep Talk Show rigs, the Nexon Tire Rodian MTX. Go to NexonTireUSA.com. I still like the Nexon Tire We Got Your Nose. I mean, that just has a nice, uh, off, <laughs> strange ring to it. How old are you? I got your nose. <laughs> Jesus. Are you ready? It's the Jeep Talk Show. With Wimby, there will be body damage. Chuck. I like making people laugh. That's it's good for my soul. Josh. Yeah, I don't think so. And I think that's a huge deal. So sit back, strap in, and brace yourself. You know, we, we've been mentioning Toledo Jeep Fest and uh, Mr. Vanderquack Quack. Quack. here quite a bit. <laughs> and it was... <sighs> And, and you may be getting be getting just used to hearing about that, but I want to mention that you really need to think about going to the Toledo Jeep Fest. I mean, I would yes. love to go. This sounds very much like a SEMA event, but maybe a little smaller, maybe more Jeep centric. I mean, one would hope <laughs> that it's a Jeep event. And uh, uh, you know, Chris uh, from SevenSlats.com, uh, one of uh, our very important team members here at uh, Jeep Talk Show, is going to be going out there, and he's going to be all donned in red. And no, I didn't make him it was his choice damn it 
but he's going to have a nice red Jeep uh, Talk Show logoed hat, a nice uh, red uh, polo uh, shirt on, and uh, he's going to have a bunch of stickers with him. You know, I was asking him, I said, okay, Chris, I finally uh, broke down and bought some stickers. I, uh, I bought a, th- a thousand of them. And I, and I said, I probably shouldn't have led. I don't know sales very good. I probably shouldn't have led with the number uh, that I ordered. He's, and I said, how many do you think you're going to need? He goes, can I get two? Can I get, no, 200. So <laughs> he said, can I get 200? And I, and I thought for, I was like, damn, that's, that only leaves me 800, you know? <laughs> that's a lot of stickers. And uh, I thought to myself, well, I mean, if he thinks he needs 200, he's going to hand out 200. Uh, sure, absolutely. But boy, I mean, he's not going there just to have fun. Now, he told me he wants to get a hundred people signed up for the newsletter. Outstanding. That's a lot of work. And and that's on top of the work that he already does. So, that I mean. Sound like all. What's that? Go have fun. And I, I know, but I, I the don't 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 say anything to Chris. Let him do this first. <laughs> he can have fun next time. <laughs> then afterwards, go, man, you should have had fun. But thanks. exactly, I, I I know enough about Chris. That he might actually have a good time doing he does. this. I, I think I think that he was is, will get genuine entertainment value out of out of doing this. He's going to have a good time. Well, he's in sales, so uh, and, and he gets. Uh, he, oh, he also told me he's going to try to get on TV. He's going to see if there's any local TV there. He's gonna oh. he's gonna try to work it in to get in. He said that he did this for his uh, for his business that he works for uh, some Arizona uh, TV station, local TV. I don't, just photo bombing, you know, just yeah. <laughs> right I don't care how he gets shoulder. on there. I mean, I don't want him to do any personal injury. Like, don't, don't set yourself on fire or anything, Chris. But uh, the, if or, you, or if, set yourself on fire, Chris. If, but if you think you, but if you think you can do it safely. <laughs> <laughs> But just don't damage the uh, Jeep Talk yeah, Show yeah. logo until they get a good close-up shot of it. Um, but uh, no, <laughs> seriously, <laughs> we Chris is going to be out there. You got to go get a photo with Chris and post it up on your social media. He's going to be like a, a walking Jeep Talk Show. Oh, billboard. you can't miss him. I and mean, the dude's like six five. Yeah, so, I mean, he's very tall. Yeah. Yep. Uh, so uh, anyway, <laughs> the JTS team is here to inform and entertain you about Jeeps. If you're new to the Jeep world or thinking about jumping in, well, at least till you were listening to the show, believe me, it's, it's, it gets better. <laughs> jumping in and getting your feet dirty, you're in the right place. Whether you're interested in having a unique off-road vehicle ready to hit the trails or that daily driver that's also a weekend warrior, the show is for you. Find out more information about the show at jeeptalkshow.com. Welcome to the show, Jeeper. I'm Josh, and on this episode of the Jeep Talk Show, I've got more details surrounding a big Jeep event coming up right around the corner. Well, I'll give you a hint. We were just talking about it. We'll take a look into why Jeep Wagoneers may be getting shipped differently from now on, and I'll be talking about another safety probe into Jeep by the NHDSA. Oh, and stick around. Later, I'll be talking about lube and anti-seize and thread lockers, too. Get all excited on me. Jeez. Yummy. <laughs> that sounds yummy. I'm Chuck, and I'm here for all the listeners that are cheap asses and farms near their rigs and pray that they don't die when they drive them. Oh, I got something for all you guys then here in a little bit. <laughs> I'm Tony, Perfect. and over a year of taking, after a year of taking a delivery on the 2021 Jeep Talk Show Gladiator, it's time for my second number two oil change. And it would be the first if I was using the 10,000 mile recommended uh before having the oils changed i've got less than uh less than uh, uh, 10,000 miles on the gladiator so far guys jeez wow and the wife drives it too get out more <laughs> <laughs> local jeep news 
national Jeep news and news from around the world. It's This Week in Jeep. Well, now that it's, well, it's officially August as this show is coming out, it's sure a sign of summer in the glass city of Toledo, Ohio. The Toledo Jeep Fest is about to begin. The annual event draws tens of thousands of people to the region, and there's always something new to see and do. Jeeps have been rolling off the assembly lines in Toledo for more than 80 years now, and the city the Jeep was born in will celebrate all things Jeep the second week of August. The streets of downtown Toledo will be completely taken over by Jeeps and Jeepers alike. Every block will provide a beautiful backdrop for the 2022 edition of the Toledo Jeep Fest. And this year, the theme is red, white, and blue. Oh, it doesn't get any more American than that. About 70,000 people are expected to roll into town this year, hailing from more than 30 states and even a few foreign countries as well. And all that Jeeper traffic will drive millions of dollars into local businesses. Over $6.5 million last year alone. The weekend-long event is the perfect way to honor the men and women at the Toledo Assembly Complex and the world-famous vehicle they continue to build. Toledo Jeep Fest opens up August 12th and runs through the 14th. If you can make it there, it will be worth the trip. It is actually a bucket list of mine to go to this. I uh, I lucked out in 2000, I don't know, I want to say 16 or so, right when the Gladiator was like this thing coming out. And mm-hmm. I walked up to the the Toledo Assembly Complex, which is like a big no-no. You're not allowed to do that. And met the Jeep chairman for the union there. And he gave me a two and a half hour oh, like, wow. Tour, wow. tour of the thing. And you know, my wife and the dog were sitting out. You know, JW was was with my <laughs> You're wife. like, I'll be right Gee, back. Yes. <laughs> yeah, she Two said you're gonna get arrested. I was like, it won't be the first time. And they, she, the, the guy even said, "Is your wife out there?" And I said, "Yeah." So she, she came up. You know, we left Jay in the truck where he was. He loved being in the truck all the time. And she looked at him and said, "Hey, did he tell you?" And the chairman, I don't remember his name now. He goes, "Tell him what?" She goes, "Oh yeah, he has a 1941 slat grill. He's got a 46 warming top. He's got this, this, this. He's got two and a half hours of." You know, in the 60s of the, his family jeeping, and the chairman looked at me and said, "Can you bring that stuff out, and we will give you a booth?" And I've never, damn, I've never made it. And Chris and I, we were like drooling, like, "Dude, this is the year! I'm going with the Jeep Talk Show. I'll bring all this crap. You know, it'll be great." No, I have to go to an effing wedding. Just catch the, the next the one. Thing. I, I was going to say, there will always be next year. Right? Yeah, this is this is an saying, annual event that's been going on well, for a while. Well, the marriage will there's, probably last at least a year, Josh. I was thinking I mean, that's, about the marriage. <laughs> yeah, that, get another one. That, that was my yeah. joke. <laughs> that was my joke. <laughs> Stolen directly from Modern Family. <laughs> yeah. I want to go to this thing so bad. Man. Oh, I think it'd be a blast. And I, and and uh, well, talking to Whitney at Toledo Jeep Fest, I was uh, talking you up, uh, Chuck, when I thought you were going to go. And uh, I said, I said, you know, Chuck being on a panel, and this was something for next year, Chuck being on a panel, you know, he knows a lot of stuff about the, the old original Jeeps, and I think that would play really well with the discussion in the group. And she says, oh, absolutely, because uh, there's so many old-time Jeepers there or people that really like the older Jeeps, the, the, the history of Jeeps. And right. uh, so uh, uh, just don't agree to any weddings or bar mitzvahs or uh, any of those things uh, for, for around this time next year. Yeah, okay? I was going to say pretty much the entire month of August next, you know, 2023, you're already booked. Let's yeah, just you're put booked. it that way. 10-4. <laughs> well, hello, Bridge. Meet a brand new Jeep Wagoneer. Jeep Wagoneers at this point, I, I 
think are pretty much being made to order. And with a price tag that can reach nearly $100,000 and well over that for the Grand Wagoneers, there aren't dozens of these things sitting on dealer lots right now, especially since there is still a chip shortage and supply chain issues, allegedly. Waiting for your brand new Jeep to be delivered can be a painful experience, especially when you learn that the Jeep that you have already waited weeks for was completely destroyed while in transit. Now, although rare, these things can and do occasionally happen. Case in point is this week's viral Jeep story where this unlucky Jeep Wagoneer encountered a certain bridge in Detroit. Truck drivers are supposed to know exactly how high their rigs are, and of course, how high their loads are. This information must be carefully matched with the clearance data marked on every bridge that they might come across. Now, when the bridge is higher, everything goes smoothly. But when it's the opposite, well, the results can be a little disastrous. But the truck's height isn't always a given, and depending on what it carries and how much gas it has, the load height can change over the course of the travel. Now, this is a harsh lesson for a truck driver transporting brand new Jeeps to their customers. While passing under a bridge on the I-375 in Detroit, one unlucky Jeep Wagoneer on the upper platform was sitting just a little bit too proud and clipped a bridge as the truck drove under. The maximum allowed height marked on that bridge is 14.33 feet, and as you can see in the pictures that are going viral right now, and we'll of course have some for you to see in the show notes for this episode at jeeptalkshow.com, that the total height of the truck plus the Wagoneer was just a wee bit too high to travel underneath uh, safely underneath this bridge. The impact was so powerful, since the truck was traveling at speed, that the Jeep was ripped from the car carrier and wedged vertically under the bridge. The Jeep Wagoneer looks as if a bomb exploded inside with all the glass completely broken out and hardly a straight inch of sheet metal on its body. Wait, no, I, I think the passenger side door might be untouched. That's it, though. I mean, that's that literally, that's it. Now, the, the roof was also ripped off, and I mean completely ripped clean off. Not that it matters, though, considering this Jeep is a total wreck and likely a total loss, too. It's already troublesome with all the wait times for a new vehicle nowadays, but having your brand new Jeep completely destroyed right before you could drive it home is just beyond words. Now, just imagine a new waiting counter starting to tick from the moment that this happens, which adds more delays to the already excruciatingly long delivery time, and it's not like these unexpected problems are easy to deal with. The question arises, whose insurance is going to pick up the tab for this one? And will there be a ban on Wagoneers on the top decks of auto carriers now? Uh, I don't know. Uh, the automaker just... could, could put in uh, strict regulations saying if you're going to be taking delivery of one of these vehicles, it has to be shipped on an auto carrier that has to take uh, that has to put these on the lower deck of its, you know, of its carrier. It just might be a rule that they, you know, say these things cannot be loaded on the upper decks because they sit a little too high. The, the Jeep uh, Grand Wagoneer, it likes it on the bottom. Yeah. <laughs> Is this that 100... Is this that $100,000 yeah. Wagoneer deal? It, it, no, close Good. to it. This isn't a Grand Wagoneer. This was a Wagoneer. Ah. They are different vehicles. They they are slightly different vehicles. They have different so trims. It's only 97000 so, yeah. Exactly. It's only $89,000, not $109,000. <laughs> That's what that trailer cost you, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. I, Good I, Lord. I wasn't moving Jeeps, but I did clip a bridge once. Yeah. I was, I was hauling hay up to Nebraska for it. That for a, must have been a sight guy. to see. <laughs> Good to see yeah, the I, hay. When I showed up, Poof. yeah, when I showed up <laughs> on the top deck, you know, there's, there's, um, the, there ends up being a single one up on the top deck, and it's at fifteen and change. I showed mm -hmm. up, and he looked at me. Strap was gone. The top, you know, third God. of the bale was gone. Oh wow! 
And I was like, oh, I'll give you a discount on that one. Don't worry about it. He laughed and he just fed it instantaneously because it was falling apart. There's shit going everywhere. And I'm like, God, I, think of the people that were behind me when that. Oh, that's yeah, what I'm saying. It's like a big poof. <laughs> what the hell is that? Dang it, old shoot. Marge, get the camera. <laughs> Too late. <laughs> oh, I wonder if it was a, uh, a grand, I mean, a Wagoneer that uh, was behind you when that happened. <laughs> Dodging and weaving. Yeah. <laughs> got wedged in a uh, overpass. Well, enough hay on the road, and you're probably not going to stop. I mean, that's just, you're just going to slide. That's right. <laughs> I, I get it. That's a story I never told my wife, so good thing she doesn't listen to the show. <laughs> <laughs> I, I guess you'd be in really deep caca with the motorcycle riders. I mean, that's worth, worse yeah, than yeah. spraying oh, grass oh, on the road. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well. Well, just after uh, last week's announcement of the NHTSA probe into the Jeep Cherokee for its potential issues surrounding the e-brake and a faulty module, we get word that the NHTSA is opening a second probe into Jeep. This probe covers some 289,000 Jeep Compass and Patriot SUVs from 2016 to uh, due to 127 complaints about engine stalling due to crankshaft or, cr- or camshaft sensor problems. The agency says FCA, Fiat Chrysler Automobiles, Jeep's parent company at the time, did a recall in 2016 for a similar problem. It's looking to see if the problem is happening with vehicles not included in the recall. So far, this has not yet proved uh, or moved, rather, into recall status yet, and uh, at least as uh, this time of the recording is in preliminary evaluation stage right now. Now, that, of course, can change in a day. So if you or somebody you know has a 2016 Compass or Patriot, direct them to this episode. They can also check the NHTSA Recalls website for updates, the link to which we will have in the show notes for this episode at jeeptalkshow.com. So I'm thinking the NHTSA may have a problem with all this probing they were, that, that they are doing. I mean, we used to uh, not like a guy that did a lot of sniffing, but I think this is worse. Well, it's, it's so far just focused around the smaller SUVs from Jeep, the, the Compass, the Patriot, and the Cherokee so oh, far. that's all right. Now, <laughs> on different platforms nonetheless, but, uh, but still. Now, that's not to say that other Jeeps haven't uh, gotten the scrutiny from the NHTSA. I mean, we remember just oh, uh, sure. a couple months ago uh, the issues with the Jeep rolling over in an NHTSA uh, partials uh, front overlap uh, impact test, uh, and it did it twice in a row. Uh, with two different vehicles. So, you know, the NHTSA is is after Jeep, I think. I don't know. Uh, ever since the, the rollovers, uh, they've kind of been uh, really given the hard scrutiny to Jeep. Whether or not they're doing the same thing to other automakers, uh, that's up in the air. Um, some would say they are. Some would say they're not. Uh, but nonetheless, uh, Jeep is certainly getting a lot of attention from the NHTSA right now. Hey, Chuck, you've been to the DMV, so haven't have you? DMV? What's yeah. that? Department of Motor Vehicles. Oh, no, we stay away from them, people. <laughs> well, there's a reason for it, because they're not really, they really don't do a very good job. I mean, they're government workers. What uh, do you think they yeah. that the government put in these people's uh, Cheerios at the NHTSA to get them to actually do their job and go after stuff? I mean, I don't understand yeah. it. I don't. They're eating Wheaties. I, to be, the difference. Yeah, to be honest with you, I'm slightly confused, because I thought this was the Jeep talk show. So what the hell are we talking about compasses and patriots for? <laughs> I mean, I'm, I'm just going to throw that out there for the other three listeners that we have, because I was the fourth and now I'm here. So there's only three people now listening. So what you're saying is, this is bullshit. So what you're saying is the host for the Jeep talk show has a low standard. <laughs> <laughs> all you have to do is be a listener. <laughs> That's right. 
<laughs> be a part of the Zoom room. He didn't see it And then coming. they're going to be like, hey, come on over. <laughs> yeah, the Zoom people miss you. <laughs> oh, we don't have Chuck here anymore. Not even a little bit. Not even a little bit. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I don't know. I mean, uh, but but it's. I think it's certainly newsworthy, and I think we do have some uh, compass and patriot. Uh, it, it, and I think sometimes that the the spouses uh, have these uh, other jeeps. And yes, absolutely. Uh, or or you know, I'm kid, just I'm just giving know, shit. Or yeah, kid daughters and and yeah. things like that. Yeah, the kids well, don't, are don't kids crawfish are out of it now, Chuck. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, I, I was raised that a real jeep doesn't have a top or doors. Right, and now that I'm older, I just realized mom and dad didn't have the money for a top or doors, so that's why they would always, you know, put it into his kids. Oh, real jeeps don't uh, have doors. It's like, not. Uh, it's not just your mom. I mean, there's still people uh, that do that, and they for, for whatever reason. I, I think a lot of it is just giving people shit. I mean, that's that's the reason yeah, why absolutely. I do it. <laughs> yeah, absolutely, absolutely. I mean, I don't care what you have, but if I can give you a hard time about it, all the better. <laughs> oh, and if yes. you want to give us some shit or. A response to any one of our stories, for that matter. Be sure to let us know by phone or by email. Absolutely. You can, you can give us all kinds of shit in all kinds of ways. Uh, just head over to jeeptalkshow.com slash contact to find out how. Oh, we have fun working out, playing off of uh, the input from uh, from our listeners. So, yeah, absolutely. You're listening to a 4x4 Radio Network podcast. You most certainly are, you lucky listener, you. And did you know that the 4x4 Radio Network is the one-stop shop for pretty much the web's best off-road podcasts they're all in one place it's all for free and all you have to do is go to or tell your friends to go to four by four radionetwork.com that's the number four the letter x the number four and radionetwork.com you'll find podcasts like the on the trail podcast trail chasers the center steer podcast even the four by four podcast and of course the jeep talk show is there as well lots of great off-road shows it's all for free like i said it's all in one place we'll see you there the four by four radio network 4x4radionetwork.com. On top of all the uh, 4x4 Radio Network podcasts I love listening to, um, we were talking about real Jeeps and and doing real things and and not any of the special buttons and stuff. Uh, I really enjoy listening to the Center Steer podcast, and that's Center, C-E-N-T-R-E, Center Steer podcast. Uh, It's about uh, Land Rovers, but they talk about real off-roading, real overlanding in vehicles that are designed to drive about 65,000 miles an hour. (laughs) I'm sorry. That would be critical. (laughs) 65,000 miles total before they uh, all break apart, like one of those cars that you run into the the baseboard of a a wall. Uh, (laughs) And they take these things in Africa and off-road everywhere, and it's just so much fun listening to the hardships and the breakdowns and everything that goes into this. So if you if you dislike off-roading and it doesn't have to be Jeep-related, uh, have a listen to the Center Steer podcast. I really enjoy listening to it. Yeah, if you want a podcast to listen to to make, it, make you feel glad that you own a Jeep and not another vehicle, <laughs> that, that's the one. And it's there because of Jeeps, you know, World War II, that whole thing. That's the whole reason why they made those uh, Land Rovers. <laughs> Always want to say there's Range Rover. There's other vehicles other than Jeeps? Well, that's Never the rumor, yeah. So, Hey, Josh, do you mind uh, discussing the uh, the mile per gallon thing? I didn't put that in the show notes, and I thought we would just uh, throw it in here uh, before we moved along. Uh, I'm sure. Okay. You know what I'm talking about? Okay. So anyway, on episode 647, uh, Josh uh, gave a uh, increase your uh, MPG uh, yeah. technical segment. And uh, we. Th- it's rare that we actually have somebody comment in the show notes 
Uh, but you can do that. You can actually go to jeeptalkshow.com and listen to the show and read the show notes and then make comment uh, on the post that everybody else that goes there can see. So uh, a gentleman a listener named Tommy uh, said, I'm going to have to disagree with most of the fuel saving tips. Uh, if it was possible to bolt a uh, 10 to 12 mile per gallon improvement, it would have been done at the factory to improve the cafe numbers, not for our benefit, but for Daimler Chrysler uh, yeah, Fiat sales. I thought it said flat, uh, flat sales. Uh, and uh, so he goes on to talk about the, all the things that you had mentioned in your segment. Uh, and he winds up with uh, uh, good, good advice on picking the proper set of tires. That holds up. So everything you said, Josh, was wrong, according to Tommy. Well, you know. <laughs> and and it, it's, just, it's just opinions. I mean, and I love hearing it. And we always bring uh, these type of things into the show because we're not timid. We're, we're happy to justify what we had to say. And, yeah. I, and I think my response was, I have to agree with you. The question in my mind was, if you could improve it 12 miles per gallon, why stop there? Let's do 20 more or 50. Well, so, I mean, and there, I said, there is a line and I said, I'm sure there's only so much that you can do. And, 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 and well, that's what I he says in this. I prefaced everything with up to. And you might get as much as one or two miles per gallon. You know, so, I mean, a lot of those modifications, literally, they would only get you one to maybe two miles per gallon, and that's a maybe. There's no guarantees there. That's just a possibility. Now, you add everything up, and you might get as much as. You know, it's, it's, it's one of those things to where this is a possibility. Is it going to be, you know, uh, easily done? No. Is it going to be this way for each and every single uh, possible application? Absolutely not. But here's the possibilities. This is what's in front of you and what is possible and capable. Doesn't mean that your mileage is going to be exactly the same. Uh, you know what they say, your mileage may vary. So let me drill. Yeah, but I don't think that at all. I don't think that you can add them up, right? You can't say, okay, that you're going to get two miles a gallon for fuel injection. Okay, you're going to get another two miles a gallon for the tires. Okay, you're going to get another two miles a gallon for a widget. You're going to get another two miles a gallon for the. You're not going to get eight, right? I mean, if a Jeep comes with 14 miles to the gallon from the factory, you can't add 12 miles to the gallon with the engineering that's there. That's where my confusion was. To, right. I mean that that's that's just not that that's not feasible. Yes, you might get two miles to the gallon if you do take you know, a fuel well, injection. Uh, people back in 2008 when we had that big last recession and gas prices went up to four and a half bucks a gallon, uh, people started hypermiling. And we started seeing people getting a lot more miles to the gallon than what the car was advertised to get. We were seeing these, these MPGs far exceeding what the car was classified to get. And that's because people were doing things like shifting into neutral or, you know, going down a hill, turning the car off at intersections, you know, th things like that. I mean, these, all this hypermiling stuff that adds up to, and that's why I Where closed that entire segment with, was the one thing that is going to make the biggest difference in your mileage and how, and how efficient your vehicle is driving is your driving habits, is yeah. in what you're doing Don't with drive that. Like yeah, I, I agree with that. Don't drive like an asshole and you're probably going to get better fuel mileage. The only thing that I was questioning, because I was listening to the show, I still do actually listen, especially when I'm not here. It's much better. If a Jeep starts with 14, it, it's a stretch, I would believe, to get 10 or 12 extra. I would believe you can probably get 5 and get you sure. up to that 19, maybe. But to add another 12, almost to double it? I would have a very hard time believing. You would, I, I, I would, I would agree. I wouldn't say that you know everybody's going to get that, and and that if you do this, this, and this, this is what you're going to get. It's 
possible to get up to as much as by doing yeah. a lot of things, including changing your driving habits. Interesting. I think that's the biggest one. Yeah, yeah I, I agree. And I, 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 I have to be much. honest with you. Steve, Stephen was looking at me and he goes, well, didn't you put fuel injection on the scrambler? And I go, yeah, I got to call Josh and ask, well, why the hell my scrambler only gets five miles to the gallon? <laughs> like, this is bullshit. You, you so I've got a, like, a race, level, ra- race level fuel injection system. And yeah, but damn it. I still don't think that thing's programmed right, but that's just my two cents. All right. So I just wanted to be clear that we, from what Tommy was saying and from what I thought I heard, you think that you can get 12 more miles per gallon out of a vehicle through all the the steps you were talking no, I about think it, i think that it's possible that people can get uh, you know up to as much as yeah no no i'm not saying you will get 12 but you yeah. think it's possible to add 12 I miles per, up to 12 miles per gallon on the already digit increases in your mpgs if you do certain things interesting well, we'll have to do a little Leave more research the, on that. that that'd be really nice if that if that pans out i'm not gonna say it's gonna be easy and it's certainly not gonna be fun yeah, it's not going to be fun. <laughs> it's, uh, yeah, just driving wouldn't be fun. You take a nap yeah. while you're accelerating. <laughs> if you worked about MPGs and you own a Jeep, you're screwed up anyhow. Oh, Jeep, I, I, I believe that was in the first sentence. Yeah. Yes. That's, uh, <laughs> that's, take, take everything I'm about to say with a grain of salt, because if you do this, go buy a Honda. Yeah. <laughs> oh, no, get one of those Jeep bicycles we were talking about last episode. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> Hey, coming up in Tech Talk, lubricants, anti-seize, and thread lockers. Ooh, we can put lockers on threads now. I like that. Why did you become a paid subscriber to the Jeep Talk Show? Jeep Talk Show has been my weekly rotation. Look forward to it every week, each and every Friday. You can be a paid subscriber and help support the show you love, the Jeep Talk Show. I support a great podcast. been a lifelong Jeeper myself. Continue to learn with each and every episode that I listen to. Just go to JeepTalkShow.com and look for the big yellow subscribe button. Absolutely. Yeah. You like Jeeps, anything to do with Jeeps. I like it for the, the technical, clear content, advice, and learning. Did I hurt your wee feelings last episode whenever I told you about you've been listening to the show for years and you're not a paid subscriber, you rat bastard? Well, take your feelings and stick them in a sock, mister. We need you to become a paid subscriber. If you've gotten any kind of entertainment or uh, any kind of information here and, uh, you know, we give you all kinds of information and we even double check yeah, our information. information. Funny information, misinformation, misinformation. all kinds of, <laughs> you know, I've, I've <laughs> often thought we should do misinformation just so we get people to <laughs> riled up so they, okay. <laughs> they, they post on the show notes. So, <laughs> I was here. You're here because you're a very knowledgeable, knowledgeable Jeep person and can speak better than me. So we'd like for you to go over to jeeptalkshow.com slash contact and look and see how you could become a paid subscriber today. And as Mike Zinn said, do the $100 subscription. Be a man or be a woman or be whatever the hell you think you are. From the mind of Nikki G. Ah, this is Ricky D, Nikki G's dim-witted cousin. And I'm calling 15. Gotta get my Jeep XJ equipped with a cup holder, damn it. <laughs> Aha, this is me, Nikki G. I had you all fooled. Josh, in episode 647, you talked about increasing gas mileage. Uh, <laughs> the best way for me to increase my gas mileage is I just turn my Jeep off when I'm going downhill and just coast. And you talked about tuning your Jeep 
to get the best possible gas mileage. I hate to tell you that you're wrong. Uh, I tried tuning my Jeep to a G flat. <laughs> I didn't get any gas mileage. I still got that same annoying rattle in F sharp. But that's not why I'm calling. I'm calling to tell you guys. I went to the store to get some camouflage pants. Yeah, but I couldn't find any. All right, boys and girls, I'll chat you later. You have a good one. Bye. Everybody's dumping on Josh. <laughs> nobody likes nobody likes the bad news of you got to change the way you're driving. I think is what it is, Josh. Yeah. No, I I knew that was going to be a hard pill to swallow. <laughs> <laughs> I don't believe it. You got tech questions? Ah, oh, what do I ever? We have answers. Oh, that's good. I can, I, it's tech talk with Jeep talk. Yahoo! There's a time and place to use certain lubricants and such on your Jeep, and no, a single can of WD-40 isn't going to cut it for every application. Or most applications, actually. In this segment, I'm going to go over some of the types of different lubricants and other things that you should be using when you work on your Jeep. Now, obviously, we're going to steer uh, the conversation away from things like diff fluids, engine oils, shock oil, you know, etc., all that kind of stuff, as those don't really apply to things like nuts and bolts exactly. There are all types of grease and oils and stuff that all work similarly, but different. Some are designed to work better in very cold environments, while others are meant to withstand great pressures or high temps or very dirty environments, for instance. Clearly, just in the grease department, there can be the wrong type of lubricant to use at a certain time or place. For things like door hinges, for instance, on your Jeep or seat rails, maybe, uh, Jeepers may be tempted to use that aforementioned WD-40, but there's actually something better and more appropriate to use in applications like that. It's called white lithium grease, and it comes in either spray or squeeze form, and it is the best option here. It stays put even under high heat or extreme cold, and even can be used preventatively to protect against rust and corrosion. It withstands vibration uh, to extreme level, and because of how thick it is, performs way better as a lubricant in many applications than plain old WD-40 does. Now, WD-40, although does have its purposes and would also work in many cases, but it will run, it will drip, and it will eventually break down over time faster and provide less protection and lubrication than white lithium grease would. Now, with that said, there's also places where you shouldn't use white lithium as well. It's not the poster child for Jeep lubricants, uh, lubricants here. So, you wouldn't pack a wheel bearing, for instance, with white lithium, nor would you use it for lubricating polyurethane bushings in your steering or suspension either. And seriously... Don't be that jeeper whose every single bushing sounds like the overused bed springs of a seedy pay-by-the-hour hotel. For the critical joints of our Jeeps that use polyurethane bushings, there's only one specific type of grease that you should use to ensure long bushing life and squeak-free performance. And it's not WD-40. For anything poly, you're going to want to use a silicone-based synthetic waterproof grease. Same goes for the soft top zippers. Petroleum-based lubricants tend to speed up rubber and plastic components decay, so you don't want to use them on or near anything plastic-based. Now, when we're talking about plain old metal-to-metal here, like a tie rod end or heim or any non-poly component that has a grease zerk, well, this requires a grease gun, and what you put in that grease gun matters. The old farm grease may work. The red and tacky is a good go-to as well. You can splurge on something like royal purple or stick with the value of the store brand. In the end, you want to make sure that you're using the right kind of lubrication for the right application. So make sure that you're lubricating the joints on your Jeep with the right stuff. For instance, Curie Enterprises recommends using a Molly-based grease to lubricate their Johnny joints. Probably not the best choice for your rough country joints. 
For instance, also uh, anti-seize isn't the best thing to use to lube your soft top zipper or hood hinge with, but it's good for spark plug threads or any fastener that re frequently gets removed, like the nut on the spare tire or a high lift mount, for instance. It's also great uh, to prevent galling. Now, galling happens when two different metals come in contact with each other under load or in high friction. And because of the two different metallurgic properties, the metals will actually seize up and can actually cold weld themselves together in extreme conditions. Now, this is common on Jeeps when the threads of one metal come in contact with the threads of another metal. Now, think here uh, stainless steel bolt in an aluminum thread or other combinations like that. A little anisease on threads and galling is of no concern. Now, let's say you don't want something to ever come apart once you bolt it together. I'm thinking of things like bumper bolts here. High vibrations, serious loads, the last thing you want is for fasteners to start backing their way out or off. Think of how much it would suck to have your skid plates wobbling around and rattling around all the time. You can't very well permanently mount them to the Jeep. You may need to remove them for a transmission or transfer case service or some other reason. As with lubrication, there are different types of thread lockers out there that work in different ways. The Loctite brand, for instance, uh, is the brand of thread lockers, which is the go-to brand, and although there are other brands, they all stick to an industry standard of color codes. For example, let's say once mounted, that bumper on your Jeep is never coming off, and in that case, you're going to want to use a red thread locker. You'll break those nuts and bolts before they ever come off again. But let's say you want certain things like suspension fasteners, control arm bolts, or skid plates bolts to stay put, but still be removable down the road in case you need to replace or upgrade something. In that case, the blue thread locker is what you'd reach for. This will keep the fasteners uh, together at torque, but will also take more than that torque to break them loose. It won't be easy, but they will break loose. So make sure that the grade of your fastener matches the grade of your thread locker. Okay, now I debated whether or not to include this next part, but I thought, now what the hell? What's the worst that can happen with a little redneck engineering? Now let's say you're miles and miles and miles away from the nearest auto parts store or hardware store. Or maybe you're just way over the legal limit. In any case, you're in a position where you need a thread locker or penetrating lubricant, and you don't have it. Well, I'm here to tell you the hacks that can help you make your own. Okay, so you want to make your own anti-seize. Well, that's probably not going to happen. Straight out of the tube or the bottle, anti-seize is made up of a high-quality grease base and, a lubricating, uh, and lubricating solids like copper, lead, graphite, aluminum, calcium oxide, and th that sort of stuff which are all suspended within the grease. You're not going to be able to duplicate this with any form of reliable results, so you, I'm going to say just make her be beware. However, for a low-cost do-it-yourself competitor with WD-40 lubricating spray, use a mix of vegetable oil and acetone. A mixture of vegetable oil with 10% acetone works just as well as WD-40 in every lab test to free rusted bolts, and it costs about one-tenth of the price. Add more acetone, up to about 30% uh, mixture, and it actually starts to work even better than WD-40 and costs about one-quarter of the price. Acetone, by the way, is the active ingredient in things like nail polish remover and in some paint thinners. And a DIY mixtures using acetone with transmission fluid can be created to make a penetrating oil as well. Mix that same acetone at a 30% level with new or used transmission fluid, so long as it's not completely brown and burnt, and you've got a homemade penetrating oil that works damn near as good as the commercial stuff. Okay, so what about the reverse of this? Can you make homemade Loctite? Well, sure you can. However, it's not going to be quite as good as the commercial stuff, but it will hold a fastener under load for a period of time. Two different products will work as an alternative to Loctite and other brands of thread lockers, and that's super glue or nail polish, of all things. 
These two very common household products are often used as effective replacements for dedicated thread lockers. Using these pro two products can indeed lock a fastener in place in the short term, but they don't hold up to extreme conditions, intense vibrations, or high torque applications like the brand name stuff does. In the end, however, it may get you home or at least down the trail. Hey, Josh, do you know what WD-40 stands for? Water displacement. Number yeah, 40. water displacement, number 40. Yeah, so when I was growing up out on the, out on the farm, mom and dad always said WD-40 is not your, your lubricant. It's not no. your penetrating oil. It's, not, it's nothing. No. The only thing we ever really use WD-40 for is to clean tools after a rainy day. There you so go. If you're out, yeah, if you're out on the trail and you break, you always have your Canon WD-40. It does work as a very limited lubricant, but you always just spray all your stuff down because it's you know you don't have the the bat you know the the rags and stuff like that to clean everything off. And no one likes rusty tools. Dad would just spray right. everything off, throw it in a toolbox, and and hit the road. And we always use something. It might be a military term. I don't know, but we use a lot of something called panther piss. <laughs> ever heard of it? <laughs> No, it I don't smell, think I've ever heard heard it that. Sounds term. Like it sounds like yeah, it smells really bad. Like that. What is the, the yeah, so, PB blaster that smells horrible? <laughs> that is what it is. It's oh, is PB it? Blaster. It's panther piss. Oh so man, like I it, swear so, by that stuff. I love PB blaster, but yeah. on the ranch, you can, you can tell anybody on the ranch, hey, go get me a can of panther piss, and they will come back with the big industrial size, you know, and we use it all the time. And if oh, we have, it, and if we have a very hard bolt you know something on the tractor or, or you know something something very large yeah. we'll add a little heat to it. Yep. not a oh, lot yeah. just a little heat, and then spray it with pb blaster and that heat will absorb that penetrating oil through the threads yeah you give get a it wicking, just a slight a, a tap. wicking action actually yeah yep, give it a slight tap with a hammer and then it'll it'll bust all that um rust off and it'll come right out yep yeah, yep. the the impact is is a big key to that as well. I've I've uh, uh, yep. been fighting fighting a fastener and and I've got a breaker bar on shit. I'm just like, if I put any more muscle into this, something is going to snap. And and so I get uh, you know you either do the 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 one hand with a hammer and one hand with a breaker bar thing, or you get a buddy over there and just start whacking on this bolt as I as I you know I'm putting force on it, and, and it's just like an impact gun. It's that impact, that 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 force, that mm -hmm. that slamming action that sort of loosens everything up. It breaks down the molecules of that rust that's holding everything together, and it can actually free stuff a lot easier. So it's not always about force. Sometimes it's about impact. Yeah, I'm big on heat too. Like oh, I, we oh, use yeah. heat quite a bit. If you've got something that's just that that you have not really worked, you have not put the proper grease on, you have not not grease, but you know what I mean, the lubricant on the yeah. anti-seas or whatever, uh, I always throw a little heat on it. Not a lot. I mean, you're not getting things cherry red and you're melting it, right? You're just you're just trying to expand the steel enough to get it off the threads. Yeah. That's right. Yeah, you got to be really careful. Um, I, I found out, I don't know if this, if this is true or not, but a, a tire uh, replacement place told me not to put WD-40 on the threads of the studs. I agree. What does that do? I don't. I don't think I asked, or I never looked it wheel up. Wheel studs. But yeah, the, the wheel studs where you put the lug nuts on. Um, he's probably, he's probably afraid that because you're going to throw that lubricant on there, that uh, they'll fall off. They'll loosen up. 
The only thing I think of is is that that WD forty generally attracts dust and dirt and 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 whatnot, and I mean that's a place that you typically wouldn't want extra debris. I I don't know. I'm yeah. trying to think because it's been a number of years ago, but I think he said something about it damages the threads. None of this sounds familiar. I, could, I couldn't see how. No. Yeah, me either. That's why it was just very confusing. I stopped putting it on there. Uh, the only other thing I can think of is if you put uh, put that on there or really any lubricant. Whenever you start uh, putting the uh, lug nut on there and tightening it up, you have some hydraulic action that may not let the the uh, the the lug nut tighten up properly, and it well, can see, back I off. See, I could see that for something like a head bolt or something like that going into the into an engine block where tolerances are are extremely tight, and and generally you, you don't want. I mean, even something like anti-seize uh, in there because that that bolt is supposed to go in there at a certain torque. Uh, it's supposed to be stretched at a certain uh, a certain level, um, and uh, you get something down in that cavity. That bolt is going to bottom out on that uh, before it, it locks into place, and and you can start snapping stuff, including a snap, you know, a crack in the block, for instance. So, um, I mean, there's there, there's definitely instances where you don't want anything else in the threads, but your wheel studs are definitely not one of those, especially when we're talking about WD-40. But mm-hmm. well, maybe well, maybe one of our listeners out there has a good answer for us. Uh, maybe it's bogus. Maybe he just said it and he didn't know what he was talking about. But what do you think? Should you put WD-40 on your uh, your wheel studs or or not? I do know that WD-40 is very good for your cap and rotor. So if any of the listeners yeah. have older vehicles, you know, when you go through water and you might or a really heavy rainy day. And you get moisture inside your cap, you're going to get a cross spark, and it's you're it's almost like you, you have a miss, like you you blew your motor. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And we would take the cap off, spray it with WD-40 because it is a water displacement. That's what its job go. is. Water out, stick it back on, on. You're good as rain, and keep on trucking. Oh, WD-40 like, does like, have its place. I like the stuff. pun there. Good as rain. Um, and I, I, would, yeah. I would I would suspect that WD-40 isn't as good an electrical conduct, conductor as the water is, so it gets rid of your crossfire. Yep. That's exactly what it does. Are you tired of all that noise from those other shows? I think you have to keep that rig at the moment. Now you can relax to the pleasing tones of the Jeep Talk Show every week. Unless you've got Dana 60s and 40s. Get the highest audio quality possible with each download. Now, you know, you can use them in with them, with them super swampers. And if you're tired of all that other stuff. Uh, and a thing with a deck of big old tires and a lighter. Then subscribe to the highest quality podcast on the web. The Jeep Talk Show. Available on iTunes, YouTube, Stitcher Radio, and more. You guys are to give me a beer. So coming up on this Thursday, our interview episode, episode 653, we're going to have Patrick R. Foster, uh, or Pat, uh, and he's with Old Milford Press. And uh, I just want to mention a couple of books that you might want to go check out on Amazon. I just did a search for uh, Patrick R. Foster, and uh, this is this is kind of thing we're going to be talking about in the in the in the interview. Jeep, eight decades from Willys to Wrangler. Uh, Jeep, the history of America's greatest vehicle. I mean, I think Chuck could have written yeah. these books. Uh, Josh, what do you think? I, I agreed. I think we all could uh, have uh, co-authored these, actually. But uh. yeah, So join us this Thursday, episode 653. Don't want to miss this interview. And something else you don't want to miss out on is the Jeep Talk Show newsletter coming out from the Jeep Talk Show. No third parties here. Once a week, one email every week to your inbox and you get all the great information that nobody else is getting about the Jeep Talk Show. What's coming up? Who we're talking to? Who, who the next interview is? What we're giving away and when? 
all that kind of good stuff, as well as some other stuff that's, uh, you know, part of newsletters and all that, as well as information how to join in on our Tuesday episodes, the famous roundtable episodes, where we uh, enjoy you, uh, the listeners, uh, you know, cracking wise with us as we record an episode. How can you do it? Well, sign up for that newsletter, get all the information you need. Head over to jeeptalkshow.com slash contact, and you're going to find a link to click and sign up. Don't worry, it's just as easy to unsubscribe as it is to subscribe. Well, that's all the Jeep Talk Show we got for now, Jeeper. Until our next show, be sure to join us for our next roundtable episode. We record one every Tuesday. Hope to see you there. And as always, thank you for listening to the world's most downloaded Jeep podcast. You know, there's an old saying. The Jeep is the only vehicle that you can buy that comes with over a thousand friends the day you drive it off the lot. I'm guessing since 2010. So, Chuck, you know we do this uh, these uh, the, the the Friday and the Monday episodes every week, right? What? Good night. So, are are you going to be here next week? Is what I'm asking. Wait, you going to take every other week off? Like on Friday? You you want me to be there Friday or Friday? Friday and Monday, damn it. Yes, I'll be here. <laughs> yes, I'll be. Here. It was a tragic. Man, come on, give me a break. It was a tragic accident. Nobody gets breaks, you here, know. Dude. <laughs> Dang I'll, I'll tell you. I'll tell you like I used to tell him on the CB. Go ahead, Breaker. <laughs>